welcome to Teachers Care Society, the podcast that talks about all news and development in the educational field. We have a good show for you today as I'm joined by Shannon Brown, a first grade teacher from Minnesota, as we'll be discussing student affirmations. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Today's guest is Shannon Brown, and welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Happy to be here. How are you doing? Good, good. It's uh, I'm hoping 2021 starts off on a good foot, but uh, let, let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Don't think <we> yet. <laughs> so we just finished 2020, 2020, and you know the holidays, and we're in a brand new year. Um, I, what are you looking forward to for for this new year? I guess. I think probably just that everyone else is looking forward to a fresh start, a brand new year, just open possibilities and just see what can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully a lot of, a lot of good things. How was your, how was your holidays? Yeah, no, it was great. I um, went back to my hometown in Illinois. So I saw some, some of my close family, not everybody, of course, but it was nice just to regroup and, you know, absorb what matters the most around that time and just to kind of close out the year on a good note. So yeah, it was really nice. Oh, that's nice. Is it the, the only time you get to see them are during like really long breaks? Um, well, I try to go every, you know, maybe not every month, but every month and a half, two months at the longest if I can. But, um, yeah, it's about a four hour drive, so not too bad, but it's a little hike if you're doing it every weekend. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sounds like a like a fun uh, four hour road trip then. Yeah, for sure. So I gotta congratulate you on your newest member of your family, the cute little puppy named Daisy, right? Yes, that is that is who she is. <laughs> what what made you want to get a dog? Well, I wanted to for a while um, and the time seemed right, even though I'm pretty sure there's never a perfect time to get a puppy, but <laughs> some a local breeder um, you know, had a golden retriever available, which I've been waiting for. So I jumped on it. I figured might as well this year there's craziness anyway. So let's add a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you, uh, did you have to con- convince your partner that you wanted a dog or was it all your decision? It was a little of both. <laughs> I mean, he's a really big dog person too, but I think it was more spontaneous on my part, but we're doing well. So <laughs> she's a lot, but it was a good, I think a good decision. So yeah. oh, that's cute. It's uh, Daisy's a great name and that's not biased because my dog's named Daisy as well. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, she's, she's a small Maltese poodle. She's, she's a rescue and uh, just a, a lot of work. She, she came from, an environment where she was locked in for I think the first year and a half of her life and uh, she's never she's never been on a leash or didn't even know what grass feels under her oh on her paws and so I, I changed her life and it, it was quite at work and so she got really attached and so when the school year began I was teaching from home I, I could not 
concentrate. I mean, I, I'm sure as you know, like having a dog is essentially like having a baby. Yeah. So. <laughs> and even more, I mean, I don't have kids, but I would, in a way, a dog is like even a little more, I feel like sometimes <laughs> just, but oh my gosh, I can't imagine teaching from home with one. So kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that was, that was the beginning of my school year. And I, uh, if, if I can't even say no to my dog with those big brown eyes, I don't know how I'm going to do it when I do have kids and I can't say no to their big brown eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, after a while I just said, all right, Daisy, I'm sorry. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta teach from work. And so they gave us the option. I, uh, I've been teaching from work and actually just this morning we got the news that because the numbers are going up, everyone has to teach from home now again. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not sure how long that's going to last, but, right. uh, uh <laughs> yes. And the time that I do go to work or I leave her in the house, I try and leave Teresa in the house to keep her busy. She's, uh, she needs to keep active, whether it's physically or mentally. Yeah. Um, how does, is, is your dog, is your Daisy very needy? She is. Yep. <laughs> she loves to be cuddled and held and it seems like she's always following me around like my, my little shadow, but I love it. You know, I, I wouldn't want it any other way. So I'm just going to soak it in while she's little and hopefully she'll be like this forever. But we'll <laughs> I don't know if you've been, if you had that experience yet where I guess you, you want privacy either, you know, you know, bathroom or taking a shower and yes. Daisy will start crying, wanting to be there with you. The, um, <laughs> that was, yeah, uh, that was mine. <laughs> now I'm like, okay, give me some time. Just try not to be too noisy. We'll see how it goes. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously you're a big lover of dogs or just animals in general, actually. So, um, yeah. before Daisy got introduced to your home, you had two cats. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. Is it Lila and Charlie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does, yep. does everyone get along? Does someone get jealous? Is there fighting? It's kind of like the saying, fighting like cats and dogs. I never <laughs> really understood it, but now I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Lila's sweet and she's warming up to Daisy, but Charlie, um, she's only five pounds, but she's really feisty and to put it lightly, she will stand her ground. So we're working on that, but it's a slow process. <laughs> Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And then not only do you love dogs in your house and you love animals so much, you even introduce uh, an animal or a pet in your classroom. You have a classroom pet and I think it's a pet hamster, right? Yeah. It's Huey, I believe. And uh, Mm -hmm. you got to tell me the story behind this. So what made you want to get a classroom pet? Yep. So I'm basically that girl with a million animals. Um, no, but I, I just always wanted to have a classroom pet of some sort. Um, so this summer I was tossing around ideas of maybe a fish, a turtle, hamster. Um, and then just after thinking about it for a while, I, I figured a hamster seemed like the best option for a few different reasons. And the kids just love him. So we're very, very happy to have Huey the hamster in our class. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta ask, how much how much does he weigh then? Oh my gosh, I don't even he's so tiny. He's like a miniature dwarf hamster. So he is oh. smaller than the palm of my hand and he's full grown. So he is really tiny and 
he's nocturnal, of course. So teaching the kids what that means. And they're all wondering why he never comes out to visit. And it's kind of like a classroom management strategy because now I can say, well, if you're too noisy, he won't want to come out and see you. So it's a win-win really. Um, <laughs> he's been great for me as a teacher too. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a great strategy. Like oh, yeah. you know, if they get too loud, you can be like, Whoa, you don't, let's not wake you up. That's a, yeah. That's a good strategy. And that's what we do. He will come out randomly sometimes. And it's like, he plans it with me. And he comes out as soon as it's quiet. And I said, you know, I'm like, see, I told you. <laughs> right <laughs> on cue. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. Huey's a cute name. So uh, I, I think for the naming process, did, was it what, a class vote? Did you just name them all on your own or how, how did you name him Huey? Yeah. Well, my boyfriend Tanner actually came up with it right after we bought Huey. I was, I thought that I wanted it to start with an H because hamster does. Um, oh, okay. I was just calling him that until we came to school. And then, you know, I introduced him to the kids and I was like, we can change his name if you want to, we can vote on it. Um, but they really, really liked Huey the hamster's name. So we just have kept it ever since. <laughs> Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So, um, I, I did hope, I do hope you enjoyed your break and I, you know, the, however long it was, whether it's two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also hope you do enjoy just any time outside of uh, work, whether it's the weekends or the weekdays. Um, I know your weekends are mostly enjoying quality time with your partner. I think you too like going on, on lunch dates and enjoying coffee. Is there, I guess, maybe any, uh, hidden like hole in the wall or place that you really like or that has a particular dish that's maybe your favorite? Yeah. So basically the bulk of our weekends consists of food and coffee and I'm (laughs) mad about it, but (laughs) no, I don't know. We usually go to, you know, tend to choose a cafe or something outside if we can, but you know, this year has been pretty different. So we've just been doing a lot of like takeout and home cooking instead, which is still a fun option and something we're really used to now. Thank you. 2020. So yeah, that's pretty much (laughs) what we do on the weekends lately. (laughs) So and that's fine. I'm cool with food and coffee. <laughs> I think you just even, so if someone were to you know, look at your Instagram, it's quite obvious you're a coffee lover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what's, your, uh, what's your favorite coffee? It's no secret. And I even <laughs> keep it in our, we have a mini fridge in our classroom. So they're little milk cartons and it's always stacked up with some kind of iced coffee. So we're good. But <laughs> Caramel with extra caramel and really sweet and cold is good for me. So super good, super unhealthy, but I got to have it. <laughs> I'm a happier person if I have it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm always happy. Uh, you know, whenever I have yummy food or delicious drinks uh, right. with me. So, exactly. um, yeah, that's one thing I got to do. I got to start, uh, well, when we come back, I got to install a refrigerator for that emergency mm-hmm. in case of emergency. <laughs> exactly. My kids know too, my students, they're like, well, Miss Brown, have you um, had your coffee yet today? And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, oh, does, <laughs> does that mean that I'm a little cranky or so I go and I make one? So it's, it's there if I need it. <laughs> that's, that's their sweet way of letting you know that. Right? Uh, hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope that that's what they mean by that. I don't know if, if it's something else, but I'm just going to pretend like it's a sweet way of saying it. 
that's a nice way. I always think of it as a, you know, if uh, maybe someone smells bad and then like for a birthday or Christmas present, you give them like a bar of soap or shampoo. Oh, it's like a nice way of saying, <laughs> please so shower. Because <laughs> yeah. even if you don't want them to know, it's you're letting them know. So it's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yeah. For anyone listening, don't ever get me deodorant for Christmas or I will get personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you get the little ones, so they, uh, they're unfiltered, so you got to take that into yeah. account. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all this talking about food and coffee. Um, you actually have a very touching story where I think one of your students, I, th- I think you were working late at school and one of your students brought you dinner. Can you yeah. tell me more about that story? Yeah. So I think that's one of my favorite cutest stories for sure from this year so far. Um, so yeah, earlier that school day, it was during a math lesson. Um, I'd mentioned to my class that I was probably going to be staying late that night to get ready for the day tomorrow. And one of my little girls in my class asked, well, how late will you be here? And I was like, well, I don't know, maybe six or seven. I'm not sure. And my class was like, what? I'll be eating dinner then. And they were just going crazy. And so it must have stuck in that one little girl's mind because that night her mom texted me around 530. And she asked if I was still at school and if I was hungry. And not even 20 minutes later, I had my little student and her mom at the front door of the school with a full on dinner. And it was right down to the salt and pepper packet. So <laughs> yeah, it was, I, that was in the right at the beginning of the school year too. So it was like one of the first examples of just how supportive my school community is. And I'll just never forget that. It was so sweet. Aww, that's cute. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's funny when uh, you tell them, you tell kids like time, uh, yeah. particularly the little ones, like they think, you know, seven o'clock is like super late. They think oh, yeah. uh, 10 o'clock is, you know, like the darkest hours. So right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's a very big thing for them. <laughs> <laughs> and I know before the winter break happened last year, you actually created some activity packets for your students. Um, are you, did you, you know, plan that out with plenty of time or did you end up pulling like all nighters for that? Yeah, well, I did. I was there pretty late, but not quite an all nighter. Um, <laughs> what really took me the longest was like wrapping the presents and getting everything ready for our party the next day. But yeah, so I did make some packets. I just, I like to have, you know, a set of activities or worksheets that I can send home, especially over extended breaks. I just think that, you know, keeps their brains thinking and it gives them something to work on if they need to, you know, get off the couch, move away from the TV or <laughs> if mom or dad or you know a trusted adult with them needs to keep them busy and maybe a little quieter who knows but (laughs) it's a win-win for everyone so I just like to put some things together and just so they can practice what we've been doing at school over that long period of time (laughs) one of the jokes I got was uh one of the students uh, from another teacher of mine told me that the the student told her that her mom likes to play the quiet game (laughs) to to see who can stay quieted the longest. And I guess, yeah, that's another nice way of saying, uh, please, uh, please lower your voice. (laughs) As long as it's a game, they're ready to play. So (laughs) I will admit we do play the quiet game sometimes too. (laughs) Um, 
I, I gotta admit, one of the one of my favorite posts that you had or that you made on your your Instagram was about a movie night, mm-hmm. and not only was it uh, the perfect setup with the lights and the you know, the ambiance and, yeah. and yeah, all this is just comfortable as well, but you also had like these movie tickets, and I think that you, you started along with the, you know, like the old school, like the admit one. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, and I think you also allowed them to bring uh, a plush toy or stuffed animal as well, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we, my class earns rocks throughout the day and we add them to this jar that we have and we call it the rock jar. Um, it's just a classroom management strategy that works super well for my kiddos. And, um, they had finished filling their entire jar. So they voted on a movie day as their reward to celebrate. Um, so yep, we got our scoop chairs out, spread out all apart. I made like little movie tickets for them. I brought in some popcorn and I let them bring like a blankie or, um, a stuffed animal or something to get cozy with, because that just makes it amazing. If you're six years old, apparently. (laughs) I, I, we put it together, you know, it was the end of the day on a Friday. So we got all of our stuff done in the morning and then, um, yeah, it was a great way to end the week. And they were, they've been talking about it ever since we actually filled up our rock jar again last week and they voted for another movie day. So (laughs) we've done it twice now and it is their favorite thing ever. And I really like it too. So hopefully we get some more movie days in our future. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's pretty neat. So it's a, it's, you said it's a, they earn rocks to fill a jar, right? Yes. Yeah. So they're like those little stones that you can get at like a craft store or something. Um, and so for every subject that we have, even including lunch and recess, um, they can earn up to three rocks. So if they were awesome, they get three rocks for being great listeners, being respectful. Um, if they were pretty good, they get two. If they were okay, they get one. And if they're, you know, really talking out of turn or really not being respectful, then you can, I can take rocks away too. So we don't have to do that too often, but, um, I want to say it takes about, oh, maybe about 200 rocks to fill the jar. So it can happen pretty quick if, you know, they're, they're trying really hard, but (laughs) it took us a while the first, first go around, but they are getting much, much better at it as we go. And yeah, those, that behavior is just getting so much better too. So. It's awesome. They love it. <laughs> that's great. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's, you know, shows that you can pretty much make a, you know, behavior management system or reward system pretty much out of anything. Like you, yeah. you, you use these rocks and you know, you can pretty much make it out of anything. So that's neat. Yeah. Have you, <laughs> I guess it would be a funny joke. Have you ever you know, maybe switched out or maybe one of these days switch out the, the jar with a bigger jar? <laughs> they, were, they were curious at first because I <laughs> didn't have the jar. So I would just switch, you know, the rocks from one bin to another and they're well, when we get this jar, Miss Brown, how big is it going to be? And they were really worried that it was going to be some like container. But when I brought it in, it wasn't too intimidating. So they were like, okay, yeah, we can handle that. Can handle that. So I said that. I switch it up one day. <laughs> yeah, or the other joke would be uh, smaller rocks, like using yeah. like really tiny pebbles. Oh, yeah. I think this is going to be an April Fool's joke. I all right. So uh, let's jump to our topic and that's uh, affirmations. So for those listeners who are not quite sure what affirmations are, they're basically 
like short, simple, powerful expressions or statements. And uh, the keyword here is powerful and uh, fun fact. So there are about like 45 to 51,000 different thoughts that, that cross our mind over the span of 24 hours. And so if we do the math, that's about 150 to 300 thoughts per minute. Um, for example, uh, in the morning, I could feel really excited uh, to go to work. Um, but then maybe in the afternoon, I could feel like really drained and tired. Um, you know, it, it changes. And so, uh, I'm a pretty positive person. Um, but unfortunately for most people, like 80% of the thoughts that they have throughout the day are mostly negative. And this pretty much stems from a worry that turns into a negative thought. Like what if I arrive late and that turns into a negative thought or what if I didn't do this and then that turns into a negative thought. Um, and particularly during this pandemic, there's lots of worries that people have. And again, those ends up turning to negative thoughts. What if I get evicted? What if I don't have money, et cetera? What if I get COVID? So as you can see, there's lots of worries and how people have those negative thoughts. And so by having these positive affirmations, the goal is kind of to affect the conscious and the subconscious mind so that we can change our behavior, our thinking patterns, habits, and even our environment. So if you're wondering if there's any science behind this, there actually is. I, I won't really bore you with the details, but basically, uh, if you practice like self-affirmation, supposed to activate like the Borvord, uh, central ventral, uh, stranium, stratum, I think, or the VS or the ventral medial, uh, prefrontal cortex in the brain. So all these science words. So basically it says like, in other words, uh, self-affirmations lead to like pleasurable or pleasure experiences, uh, in these areas of the brain, kind of like the same feeling when we get a reward. And so the circuits in these areas of the brain is also supposed to help reduce pain and help us focus under stressful situations. And if you want to bring psychology into the mix, then there's the whole idea about the self-affirmation theory basically says that we can maintain our sense of self-integrity by reaffirming what we believe through positive affirmations. Um, but yeah. So with all that being said, you actually have a affirmation mirror in your classroom. And I think it's a full body mirror as well. And um, the size on, all around it, surrounding it are these positive affirmations. And the ones I was able to read are some of them say mindful, important, unique. Um, I gotta ask, how did, how did this idea come to you? Yeah. Well, I'm, I've always believed in the powerful, like you said, powerful um, effects of believing in yourself. And I know how cheesy that sounds, you know, <laughs> believe in yourself, but you have to, you know, like you just said, believing what you say and meaning what you say can positively impact your mind, behavior, and even the environment. So it's kind of like how we're raised to say, I think I can and not raised to say, I can't do it. You know, <laughs> it's because what you think becomes what you believe and what you believe becomes what you do. So, um, I've always believed in this and it's something I practice with myself daily and, um, you know, working on self-love and self-positivity myself. So I knew I wanted to incorporate it into my classroom and into students' lives and in their daily routines too. Mm, yeah, I like it. I, like it. I, I know for, for those who aren't familiar with it, it definitely can sound cheesy, but I mean, once you put it into practice and you follow through with it and stay consistent, then you'll, you'll definitely start seeing yeah. the changes. Yeah. Um, do, do you have one at home as well? Uh, like the uh, affirmation mirror? 
I I don't have the physical mirror with all those fun, you know, affirmations taped on it at my house, but I do make it part of, you know, my routine at home or in the car on the way to school. Um, I just think it's a good way to get that positivity started right from the start of the day. And then it'll carry over into you know, every little thing you do throughout that day. So, yeah, yeah. I I do affirmations in the morning, midday and evening, I I guess kind of (laughs) like breakfast, lunch and dinner, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Like I said, if, you, if you're going to try it out, the, the key thing is being consistent because yeah. kind of pretty much like almost every single thing, it's not going to work its magic on the first time. Right. So it will yeah. feel a little bit weird at first, but I mean, yeah. most things do. You just got to keep going with it. So yeah, yeah. And so we I, not that we know, you know, your routine with your affirmations. Do you have a routine for your students with the with the affirmation mirror? Yes, we do. So every morning um, as my kiddos come into our classroom, um, they walk right by the affirmation station, as we call it, um, so that they can get to, you know, the closets, hang up their stuff for the day and get going. So um, on the first day of school, I explained to them how to practice um saying your positive affirmations by using the affirmation station. So um, we talked about stopping at the mirror, um, picking a new affirmation for the day, look look at yourself in the mirror, um, and then saying that affirmation out loud to yourself. So um, at the start of all of this, I would sit in a chair right by the affirmation station and help, you know, the kiddos read the cards, but now they can do it totally independently and they love it. So um, we even added a classroom job, which is the <laughs> affirmation station reader who helps people, um, you know, read the cards if someone isn't sure what they say. Um, and then we also incorporate the affirmation station into our morning meeting. So um, at that time, you know, I call in anyone who wants to share which affirmation they said to themselves that day. Um, and then the whole class would repeat it after that person. Um, so like today, one of my students said, I am mindful and I am a leader and said, and we all repeat that, you know? And so it's a big part of our daily morning routine and they just really seem to love it. And I love seeing them love it. So I don't know. It sounds so, you know, love, 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 but it really is, you know, self-love turns into, um, you know, love for others and respect for others. So I've seen it do a lot in our room and it's really cool. Oh, that's so awesome. And I, I like how you call it the affirmation station. Yeah. So <laughs> everything sounds better when it rhymes. You know, right. it's, it's much better if I say, you know, go, go, go talk to the mirror. It sounds better if I, oh, why don't you go to the affirmation station? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we're working on rhyming, so it works in my <laughs> Yeah. What are, what are your actual, uh, affirmations that, that you might say? I, well, I usually say them as much as I'd like to say that I do that like they do, like looking in the mirror and everything. I usually don't make enough time for that. So <laughs> I find myself, you know, usually doing it in the car. Um, and so I'll switch them out depending on what I have going on that day. You know, if I'm presenting something um, in a meeting, you know, I'll, I'll stick to things like I'm courageous or, you know, I am strong or something. Um, so it kind of depends on what day, you know, what I have that day. Um, but I just, I think that it's really special to do it, not just, um, 
to yourself in your head, but to say it out loud, I think is even one step further because then you're really thinking about it and you're, um, you're hearing yourself say it and you're believing it a little deeper. So, um, yeah, I usually, I start up my mornings with some coffee and some coffee <laughs> and I get my day going just like that. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right about the, it's, you know, it's one thing saying, I guess, internally and then another thing actually saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, for those who, again, might be new to this, I, even if you just, say it ever so softly it's it's, it's a big step um because you know you you want to eventually you do want to work towards saying it out loud and uh, putting it out to the universe but for me uh i have my affirmations on my way to work um and so it's, it's a short drive for me i think it's like 10 15 minutes so i listen to my affirmations on the way to work i'll just have like some calm instrumental music and i'll say the affirmations out loud and then uh, I'd like the when I park and I go on campus and right before I put the key into my classroom, right before I open the door, I say like one quick or two, one or two quick affirmations really quickly. And I, cause I like the idea of, of having that positive mindset right as about to step in the classroom or right as we're about to start off the day. And, um, and I recently started doing these micro affirmations sort of similar to okay, the opposite of micro uh, aggressions, but obviously for positive effects. And so the whole reasoning behind these micro affirmations is really to build a welcoming, safe environment. And so because I teach via distance learning, it looks a little bit different um, from what others might do, but the idea is the same. So first things first is a, is a greeting, uh, whether it's, you know, if a teacher has a student, if they greet them in person or if they greet them online, uh, I, I greet everyone. I greet the adults, my aides. Uh, I greet all the students individually by name, try and give them a compliment. Uh, for example, a kid, one of my students came and uh, haven't seen him since last year and he has a haircut. I'm like, wow, nice haircut. Or I'll compliment their outfit or, uh, uh, even if they s- don't even say anything and they're sitting and I'm like, wow, I like how you sat down and are ready to learn. So I always try and find something to, to praise them for. Um, or I could even praise them on something that they might have did yesterday um, to kind of carry over. Like, I really like how you follow directions yesterday. And for my morning circle, which is the first thing I do in the morning, I like to acknowledge students if they're absent and I, I tell the class that we, we miss them and uh, I hope they're okay. And same thing when the student does come back from their absence, I, I let them know, Hey, you know, Hey Eric, we missed you. Or Hey, um, Juliana, we missed you. And l- acknowledging that we miss them and that we, we missed their presence actually goes a long way. Uh, cause I'm trying to help build that whole classroom community. Um, yeah. Um, basically letting them know that we value their presence. Do you do some kind of special morning or greeting routine for your students? Yeah. Um, it looks a lot different this year, you know, cause we have to social distance and everything. Um, but like you, I like to greet my students individually. Um, and then I have them all greet each other. So, um, as the kids come into the classroom, I, let them choose how they want the two of us to greet each other. Um, so I have a sign on the wall right next to our classroom door. Um, it has a couple pictures on it. So there's like two people giving each other an air hug, um, an air high five, and then like two people dancing. So, um, <laughs> Of course, they're modified this year. Normally, we would just 
hug, high five and dance, but <laughs> it's a little different now. So, um, the kids can choose one at a time, you know, which one they want the two of us to do, and then we do it. So it's really quick, but it's like a one-on-one time that they can have. And then they have their, like their free choice too. Um, even if it's something like saying, let's dance for a second, you know? So, um, and then during morning meeting, right in the beginning, I have them greet each other and I'll usually, it's an activity that I usually choose the night before. So, um, they always have something with movement, usually some rhyming words, or sometimes it's total chaos in the morning, which is okay sometimes too. But yeah, I just think it's, um, you know, such a fun way to get everyone awake and energized and just, you know, bring on that sense of community right away in the day. So we love it. I gotta ask how many, how many students, uh, choose the dancing option? So many, <laughs> maybe more than you would think that and hugging or like the air hugging, I should say. Those are my top two. Yeah. The, the, I think the air high fives were cool at first, but they realize it's over super quick and I think they want <laughs> more time. So <laughs> they use the longer ones, but yeah, it's fun. It's a good, it's a hit. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, um, I don't want to say prankster, but I guess I was, a I was a jokester in, in school. And, uh, one of my teachers did something like this and I'm not, obviously I don't promote this, but if I, the, the jokester kid that I was, what was back then, I would try and stall as much as I can. So what I, I would have like all my friends like do a super long dance and it would like eat a good chunk of the morning yeah. day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. I have a lot of those. <laughs> Kids, so yeah, we should time them. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, they're like, oh, wait, I'm not done yet, and they keep dancing. Right. Yeah. Next. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, um, another another micro affirmation that uh, that I use in the classes is uh, is encouragement chants or even sentence frames to model mm-hmm. these encouragement chants. So I have the. You and I have the little ones. And so I have a small class of small class of nine and I I try and use words like we, us, all, um, I even try and avoid the word guys. So I try and use the all, um, but my go-to word is go-to word is friends. Oh, hello friends. We're all friends. Um, trying again, build that community feeling. And if I see a student struggling, I don't want to make it awkward. I encourage our friends to cheer for our friend. I'll be like, Oh, it's okay. You know, let's, let's try again, try again. Um, and my little ones really struggle with their fine uh, and gross motor skills, um, particularly for art and music. Yeah. Uh, Cause uh, they're young and these skills are still trying to, they're still trying to develop these skills yeah. and particularly for art, uh, you know, a big struggle might be cutting in a zigzag line or it might be folding or, uh, gluing and so if i see students that are struggling um i try and try and give some positive like encouragement and so like oh try again friend or you you're doing great you got this uh, way to go yeah the possibilities are endless and you can even provide sentence frames for specific situations uh for this for the the rest of the class to, to help cheer for example if a student completes a challenging task and uh we can model for the student uh, like oh you did it way to go awesome 
awesome. You know, I'm so proud of you. Or even on the opposite spectrum, if a student is, doesn't quite get it and they need a little bit of a encouragement, then you can say, you know, I like, I, I like how you're working hard. Let, let's try again. Oh, you're so close. Let's, let's keep going. Um, really trying to motivate that student. And, um, this is, you know, this is something that I really trying to work on, uh, that I've been trying to work on distance learning. And I, I do want to carry it over when we're back in person. Um, just, I think it's really powerful when students motivate other students instead of like, it's me always the one talking like, you got this awesome. Yeah. I think it's much, much more powerful when students you know, do motivate the other ones, other students. Do you have some kind of like special encouragement chance that you do with your kiddos? Yeah. Well, I don't know if, um, you know, I necessarily call them chants, but, um, we do have a lot of conversations about how we can support each other and how to keep going, even when things, you know, get tricky. So, um, we talk about how we can help our friends and what we can do if a friend seems sad or confused. And we also talk about how to work hard, even when things are confusing or brand new. Um, and I also always tell my kiddos, you know, it's okay if you make mistakes, it's okay if you don't know every answer. They know I certainly don't know every answer. So I don't expect them to either. Um, but yeah, they know they can, you know, always go help each other if they know that someone needs an extra push or some extra love. They can always come to me or go to one of their friends and they they know they'll get what they need. So we work really hard on building a supportive and kind environment in our classroom. We always talk about kindness. So, um, and it's, it, it is what we have. My, my kids are really like a family and I know that sounds cliche, but <laughs> that's the truth. So it's really, it's really cool to see how they can go to each other and not just to me and, um, work together on, on building their community of their friends. And yeah, I, I love the people that make up my class and it's really clear that they love each other too. So it's sweet. Uh, that's nice. And uh, you know, of course, when the, the long goal, the end goal, we're always, you know, trying to teach us as teachers is have the, promote that independence. So if, you know, if students are able to ask other students for help instead of being the teacher as their first source or their first line of defense, it's, it's always nice. And I'm sure as teachers, mm-hmm. we really appreciate it when we don't have like 20 or 30 kids asking us uh, for help all the time. So it's nice when they do yeah. learn to reach out to other students for help. Huh? Yeah. yeah, and I, I know I'm, I'm talking about. I know I've been talking a lot about the benefits of affirmation, and uh, for, for those teachers who might be a little bit hesitant because you know maybe you haven't done it before, or you're worried how your students might react. The, the best advice I would give is start off by modeling the affirmations yourself. Uh, I know it can definitely seem kind of weird in the beginning, but if you start with yourself and again, creating that, that routine, uh, and even maybe doing that routine in front of your students, then you can start getting more comfortable. Your students will start getting more comfortable. Um, you can even have the students repeat after you certain sentence frames that you can put up on the board, or even you might have posters around the classroom and they can be like, I am, I can, I choose, uh, so I know you have the self-affirmation mirror, which is great to have students reflect on themselves because, you know, when they're checking out the, the reflection, they have a variety of, of all these affirmations, all these positive words to choose from. And, uh, you know, hopefully over time, it be, does become natural. Um, I know some other teachers, they hang out, the, they hang these 
poster boards throughout the classroom, uh, in the corners, some, some even right by the door. Um, and I know some teachers, if they're walking around, they can even pass, uh, these notes or I know some teachers also have like these stamps, like, Oh, awesome job. You know, you're important. And that they can put on these students tasks or their homework. Uh, maybe while students are getting the tests or maybe after the students get the test back. But how, how was it for you when you first started introducing these affirmations in the classroom? Were the students a bit hesitant? Well, I could tell that they weren't too sure what it meant right away or, you know, what it was all about. Um, and they certainly had a tough time saying the word affirmation <laughs> at first. Um, but yeah, here we are four months later and they're experts. But before they got to this point, we did talk a lot about what affirmations are, why they're important, how they help us, you know, why we should practice them often. Um, and as we talked more each day about it and as they practice stopping at the affirmation station every day, they really got more used to it and now they're naturals. So um, I did do some demonstrating too on how to practice <laughs> at the affirmation station. I I even got to the point where I was um, putting my coat and my backpack on. I went out in the hallway and then I came into the room pretending to be a first grader. So <laughs> it was fun. I, I, I did some things at the mirror on purpose. I did them wrong on purpose just to see, you know, if they notice or correct me. And oh boy did they notice and correct me so <laughs> but yeah no I just think that you know when anything new and big is conceptually like this is introduced you know practice makes perfect and it just takes time so not right away did they get it but they're amazing at it now so uh, like the fact how you uh, you role played being uh, you know one of your students it's they, they get to see it then and they know what I'm looking for and they like to laugh at me so it works <laughs> uh, it's great that you, you make mistakes on purpose because I, I do that too I try and exaggerate or try and make mistakes see if the students catch it then that's a way of me really me finding out whether or not the students are actually paying attention and they're really understanding the content because if right. not if I'm doing everything wrong on purpose and they don't say anything I'm like okay I gotta reteach this but, I know yeah. <laughs> And we all know how, how contagious positivity is, you know, how someone smiling could make you smile and, you know, so forth, mm -hmm. especially when giving compliments. And I try to really focus on compliments that, uh, that focus on growth. So I, I'm sure we all like that compliment. Wow. You look great. Oh, and that's, you know, that's cool or whatever it may be. But I really try and focus, focus on the, on the growth that like kind of promotes that, that mindset of growth. And so, you know, complimenting someone's looks is only temporary. You know, I could look great one day and look like a slob the next day. Um, but you know, and then even generic compliments like good job and you know, good job at what again, uh, try and focus on the growth. So things that I might say is, Oh, I really like how you have been following directions. So that says like they've been, they're following directions and they have been following directions and keep it up. Um, or something like, Oh, thank you for trying hard. Again, really focusing on them on that, uh, that mindset, you know, being resilient, like this is hard and I'm still working on it. So in those two examples, I could have said good job or thanks for listening, but 
It sounds, it sounds so much more better and it definitely sounds more genuine. Yeah. And you, you receive a lot of compliments, especially from your kiddos. I think there's a cute video of your kids. Yeah. I think it was a school yearbook photo, right? The, yeah. I think they were complimenting so, your, your school photo, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my gosh, yeah, that was so funny. Um, it was, <laughs> so that was the day um, that we'd gotten our school pictures back. So I had just gotten the email with the, the little attachment and it was microscopic on my computer screen. And I don't even know how one of my kids saw it, but they were like, Oh my gosh, Miss Brown, is that your picture? Can we see it? Can you put it on the smart board? And so they're learning the difference between curious and overly curious, but <laughs> so, and it was the end of the day. And I'm like, okay, we, have some filler time anyway. We, we cut the lesson short. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll put it on real quick. It'll be the end of that. Nope. So <laughs> I put it on the <laughs> and immediately they all ran over and they circled up by it and they started pointing at the picture and complimenting different little things. And I just thought it was so funny and so sweet. And so I, I grabbed my phone and I just started recording it because those little moments are so sweet and they're just, you can't, you can't make them up because they're genuine and they're so real and they're, you know, from little kids. So I'm like, I need to, I need to save this. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm so glad I did though, because I love reliving that and watching videos, you know, of what we've done after the fact. And it just puts such a smile on my face, no matter what I'm doing. So yeah, they are full of compliments and they just, they're really good ego boosters sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They get the eyes of a hawk. I'm surprised they found that, that photo on. <laughs> you see, everything, whether you know it or not, they are watching you. <laughs> so, do it that well, but. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I like how you, how you, how you save it. I, I would definitely recommend for, for new teachers or first year teachers, you know, there's definitely moments that you know, you really want to cherish some, I, this would be definitely a moment, uh, cause yeah. you know, when maybe you're in your 10th year or the 15 year teaching, we're living moments like this mm -hmm. is, is really touching and you can see how yeah. much your kids love you. So that's right. nice. It's fun. <laughs> and yeah. I like the fact how you said kids are, are great ego boosters. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, sometimes some days they're they're not gonna hold back their real feelings, their their opinions. <laughs> Most of the time, at this age anyway, they're great. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, and, so, and something else I try to emphasize in my classroom is, is trying to have like a dedicated space where the students can have that social emotional uh, learning, that safe space. Um, and also yeah. where we can provide that positive affirmation. Uh, lots of teachers have lots of names for these. Uh, safe space, composure corner. Um, it's even better if you rhyme it. But, you know, basically <laughs> is uh, just having a safe space so that students can access uh, that area whenever and they can compose themselves either take a break uh, to help self-regulate uh, control their emotions if they get upset and again this this will look different for every grade level um you know it's whether you have pre-k or if you have high school and you know you works great for the older upper grades as well um and so things that might look different are maybe if you're with the younger ones you might have some sensory items like a stuffed animal pillows blankets uh stress balls. Um, maybe some of the upper grades might like some kind of, you know, books, uh, certain toys. It, it all really depends on your students. Uh, you, you really got to get to know them to see what works for them. And you know, the key part of these composure corners or these safe spaces is having 
affirmations available in these areas. And so I try to have students say at least two affirmations before they go back to their tasks, before they go back to whatever it is. And I really adapt even for my nonverbal students or those, even those who might be a little bit shy, I have them at least point to two or match or, uh, you know, take a sticky note, write an affirmation and post it on the wall. And that way they still participate, even though they might have not said it out loud. And, uh, I, I, I've seen some other modifications where there might not even be some words, but there might be some icons it might be like, uh, a sad face and an arrow pointing to a happy face, or it might be like a light bulbs, uh, over her head to represent, uh, like an enlightening, um, or it might be even someone like an icon of someone lifting weights and supposed to be like, Oh, uh, they feel lifted. And so I've seen lots of modifications again for all different types of students. I know that you have your, uh, affirmation station, um, and I think you also have a, a cozy corner for your meeting for your morning meetings as well, right? Yes, we do. Um, yeah, so um, yeah. we have our cozy corner. Yep, it's right in the front <laughs> of the classroom, right next to our smart board. So I'm up there a lot, you know, during the day teaching and changing slides on the computer, but. Yeah, so we've got um, some string lights, a comfy chair. Right now, our Christmas tree is still up and our fireplace that I made for Christmas. I know it's bad for Christmas, but it's winter, so we're going to keep it up for a little while. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm in this corner a lot, but it's also a spot where, you know, the kids can come if they need to cool down, regroup, or just reset. So I think especially this year, everyone's emotions are heightened, especially if you're six years old. So I just think it's a nice spot in our room for, you know, someone to go if they need, if they feel like they need to before going back to their spot and doing whatever they were doing before. But um, I just think it's a nice thing to have, especially in it, you know, this year, you can't really have them just walk around, you know, the hallway, you know, we're trying to keep them, um, not so, you know, spread in every single room. Normally I would do something like that, but it's been really nice this year where they can, um, just take a minute, you know, head to that spot and just refresh. So it's been yeah. good. Really nice. Yeah. Not only is it nice for the kids, but I mean, it's also nice for the teacher and it must be, you know, it's, it's nice when you see things like that, like, Oh, this is my classroom. It's nice and cozy. Right. Yeah. I love it. I'm always in that spot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know, I know earlier, I briefly, I briefly discussed about a certain language that I say, and I, um, I say we, us, uh, all y'all, uh, again, trying to build the classroom community because I think, uh, inclusive language is really important. And since I'm doing distance learning, I've been trying to stay away from saying, Oh, ask mom for help or, you know, ask dad for help. Uh, I, know, I know there's might be like that stigma. Oh, only the, the wives and the moms stay at home while the husband or the, or the man go to work. So I try and stay away from that stigma. Um, I, I, you know, the, the community where I teach at, it, it mostly is like that where the, the mom stayed at home and the dads go out to work. But I, I still try using an inclusive language because I do have some dads and, um, you know, I do also maybe have some foster youth as well. And again, I try and I try and use an inclusive language. So the things that I might say is, all right, let's ask the grownups for help because uh, every family is different. You know, I might have families that are two moms or it just might be grandma 
grandparents um, or like I said, foster youth. So I try and be generic and in, in inclusive language. And um, I, again, I try and avoid the using the word guys and I'm really, really trying to push for saying y'all, um, our friends. So um, again, inclusive language is, it really does help promote that in, inclusiveness in the classroom and help students have that like ownership of the classroom. Like, yes, this is all of us. We're all together. This is our classroom. Um, we're part of this. And, um, and even things like, uh, you know, this is our library. This is our, our rules. Instead of saying, nope, this is my classroom. This is my supplies. It's, it's all ours that we share. Do you try and promote like inclusive language in your classroom as well? Yeah, absolutely. I catch myself saying friends more than anything <laughs> else. Um, we talk about how everyone's your friend, everybody in this classroom, you know, they don't have to be your best friend, but we're friends. Um, you know, and we talk about this is our, um, morning work bin. So all of your, all of your stuff goes in here. It's not just yours. It's ours. You know, we talk about, um, the same things that you just kind of mentioned too. Um, and then like you said, I do try to, um, word things carefully because like you said, not everybody's home life is the same. So rather than saying, ask mom and dad, you know, ask someone at home to check your work, whether it be like a stepmom or stepdad, grandparent, whoever, or ask a trusted adult to help you with this, et cetera. You know, um, not everybody's the same. So I just, I'm trying to be respectful and mindful of that too. Um, but yeah, in our classroom, we always make it sound like it's us together. It's ours. We are doing this. Um, and that way they're still promoting that kind of cooperative classroom. So yeah, they, it's, it's funny too, how we talk a certain way and then they pick up on it, whether they realize it or not. So it's funny. Sometimes I'll, I'll hear them talking to each other and someone will say, okay, friends, we're going to do it now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's only me. So it's fun. Yeah. They definitely do a really good job at just working together and being cooperative together. So it's really nice to see you. Yeah, it's kind of been rubbing off. Uh, like, it's like inclusive language. Um, that inclusive language. Like the other day, I was at the bank teller, and I forgot they they ran out of checks or something, and I forget. Oh, out of envelopes, and I need an envelope, and then I'm like, oh, it's okay, friend. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I found myself right. saying like the same kind of language I use in the classroom. You can like shut it off <laughs> and you shut the door at your classroom. I, I struggle with that too. <laughs> My real friends probably think that I'm talking down to them. And I apologize if you're listening. I just surround myself with first grade every day. So <laughs> I don't think that you're small or anything. I'm just used to it. I promise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, one of the last things I do want to say about uh, micro affirmations is is equity. Because um, in the classroom, we, we tend to notice the students that are you know that are constantly raising their hands, and even the the rest of the class knows that. If we're constantly picking the same students, uh, you know, the, the rest of the class will notice. And I know it's easy to pick on them because they're more they're more like like more likely to participate or say the right answer. But at the same time, we shouldn't really. Um, you know, ignoring the other students, we should be, uh, you know, really praising the effort from everybody, you know, because everyone should be contributing equally. And there are other, uh, there are other strategies that I know teachers use. There's a, like the popsicle name or, uh, some teachers even go digital with this, like a random number generator, a random name, uh, generator, uh, for those that really want to get fancy the way, um, but yeah. And so, 
for those students that might not always participate all the time or those students that might not have the right answer or they're confused, I try to offer them like, uh, like other chances, but all right, like we'll, we'll come back to you or like, I'll kind of help guide them to where to look in the book or where to reference and basically letting them know you're not off the hook. You know, you're still responsible for learning for, for getting the right answer, but uh, we'll, we'll come back to you and it kind of alleviates that stress or that pressure or having all these eyeballs on me. Um, Or you can have, um, you can have like a, like kind of like a phone a friend option (laughs) where like, all right, who can help uh, Samantha out or, or who can help Jimmy out Um, again to, to alleviate that, that all the eyes on that, on that student, or you can have the student pick a friend to help them out. Um, but yeah, I, I try and keep everyone accountable, trying again, we're all equally responsible for our education. I'm not going to pick on the same students over and over again. Do you have a system like this where to, you, you know, promote that everyone gets that equal attention? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's not, you know, super organized. Like I do the same thing every time, but you know, I'll do that popsicle poll sometimes with the student names on the popsicle sticks, or sometimes I'll even just go around the room, you know, starting with the ones in the back and then I'll go to the person right next to them when I call on someone the next time. And, um, or maybe it's, you know, who's wearing this certain color today. If you're wearing green, I, you know, I'm looking for someone who's wearing green to answer this question. Um, so, and it's funny cause nobody even knows I'm doing it when I, when I do the popsicles or when I go person to person, they don't notice. So, um, but I think it's really important that you don't just call on the people that you know will have the right answer because I think we can learn a lot about each other when someone, you know, says the wrong answer or maybe isn't even sure of what to say, you know, whether it be that we learn how that person reacts or how maybe another person can show compassion, um, whatever it may be. But I think it's, you have to just, you can't always call on the people that know the right answer. It's, it's the fair thing to do too, by calling on everyone. And, you know, my students know they can phone a friend or they might say, can you come back to me? And they know that's fine. We, you know, it doesn't make you less smart and we don't devalue your opinion or anything, but we're all learning. So it's a safe space to make mistakes or admit that you don't know and we'll grow from that. So yeah, definitely variety is, you know, the spice of life. So Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I like how you said uh, sometimes it'll be random. Like, oh, whoever's wearing blue socks or whoever's wearing uh, you know, a red jacket or whatever it may be. It's a nice way yeah, to, to spice it up. I like yeah. That. And then they look um, around and look at what everybody has. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do something similar like that where I'll joke, the, I'll joke with the students. I'll be like, all right, whoever, uh, whoever's over the age of 30 and obviously will be nobody. <laughs> I'll be like, Oh, whoever, uh, whoever has a job. And again, I'll be nobody. So I'll, I'll joke around with the kids like that. Yeah. And, uh, I'm trying to randomize it. They love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I need to bring up the idea uh, that um, this, this idea of maybe some certain uh, possible uh, negative effects of affirmations and uh, they're more like warnings. I don't think there's really negative, but I think they're more like warnings. So basically in order for affirmations to work, we need to believe them. Like you said, so we need to believe them. And again, um, those who are new uh, to affirmations, 
and when you start out, you might feel worse um, if you don't actually reach or, uh, you know, if you don't actually reach or achieve these affirmations and kind of makes you kind of like rubs it in your face. It kind of reminds you of your, your shortcomings. And so in order to help this out, then we can create affirmations that are realistic. And, you know, here are some examples. I could have the students say, even though I blank, 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 I will allow blank, blank, blank. Oh, I will give myself permission, blank, blank, blank. And so, you know, the, the key idea is to, to be really realistic. For example, if, if I have a student who, you know, maybe needs a lot of prompting or struggles like sitting down, mm-hmm. I'm not going to have the student say, all right, I'm going to sit down for one hour straight. Okay. I'm it needs to be realistic. All right. It can be like, I will give myself permission to take three breaks or uh, maybe another student who maybe struggles with, with a math. You can have him say, uh, even though I need help with math, um, I will, you know, I will keep pushing forward or I will ask for help and something like that. So really tailor to the students and uh, it's again, being realistic. Um, do you have experience like this where you maybe have students like come up with uh, I guess affirmations that are realistic or maybe even rethink their affirmations? Yeah. Um, a lot of times I have them rethink their affirmations. Um, maybe not because they're not realistic enough, but maybe because they're, um, (laughs) kind of missing the point. Maybe, you know, (laughs) this morning I keep, you know, this morning we had so many real life examples, but one of my little boys said, I am cool and I am fast. <laughs> and I'm like, no, even though, yes, that is so true. You are super cool and very fast. Um, let's do, dive deeper, you know? So I'm like, let's, let's really think about what an affirmation is. And it, you know, we've talked about it, something you can love about yourself or something you want to remind yourself, you know? So they think, Oh, I love that. I'm fast. I love that. I'm super cool. You know? So in that way, they have had to maybe rethink theirs. I don't think that they have gotten to the point quite yet where they can um, determine if it has been attainable or not. You know, we're starting small and, you know, growing to that point. But so, yeah, I think um, we are. Yeah, it's those little things right now. That <laughs> What is an affirmation? How can they help you? So it's funny what they say sometimes. But yeah, <laughs> I should write them all down one day. <laughs> Yeah, make a book. Yeah, it'll be a good coffee book, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I would, uh, I would definitely be that that student who would say, you know, go up to me and be like, "I'm awesome, and everyone loves me." Yeah. <laughs> Just, mm-hmm. That's a lot of what they say, and then, and then I'm like, oh, can you re- can you try that again? And then, oh, that's right. That's just something about my outside self. So we talk about things inside of us, you know, strength and courage and bravery. And, and then sometimes they have outside things. So it's funny. They're, they're getting the difference. So that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I do like the idea of uh, students creating their own affirmations, uh, again, based on their own needs or areas of improvement. And so I can provide a scenario for students where they act out and then decide, you know, which affirmation do you think is best? For example, I could have a student, uh, you know, act out or pretend to get upset over maybe getting a problem wrong or maybe a student might cut them online or whatever it may be. And then practice, you know, which affirmation should I, should I say with this scenario and it really helps them go through the motions, think about, you know, which is appropriate. Uh, obviously, you know, 
for example, like if a student, uh, uh, you know, if a student maybe cut someone line or something like that, obviously I don't want the student saying an affirmation, like I'm stronger than this kid and I can totally take them. You know, I want them to think of a, a positive affirmation that they'll, they'll help them out. Like, Oh, uh, whatever it may be, you know, really think about how to deal with that situation. Um, and with, with the affirmations, uh, you and I have both said that it doesn't happen overnight or instantaneous. Um, it's not a, like a magic pill where it works all of a sudden. It takes a while, which is why routine is important. Um, how long did it take for your students to get used to the affirmations? Yeah. Well, it was, it was a little bit of an adjustment at first. Um, especially since last year, you know, their year in kindergarten got cut short, you know, the COVID and everything. So I think they missed out on a lot of social lessons and skills right in between, um, when everything shut down to the beginning of this year. So, um, understanding that whole process and, you know, understanding the point of doing all of this, I think didn't come as naturally to them maybe as it could have. Um, but you know, like we've been saying after they practiced it and learned a little more about it, it just took off. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I'd say about a, a week or so right away. Um, and then, you know, they got into that routine of doing it every morning and now it's one of our favorite parts of the morning. So it's really cool how you can introduce something completely brand new to a person, not just kids, but anybody can do this. And, you know, after a little bit of practice and a little bit of work, at it it can be something so you know fluid to you and something that you do every day so it's really cool to see mm -hmm. mine are i i think i'm like it's 60 percent uh, uh success so yeah it definitely takes a while um obviously yeah. it might take a little bit longer with the, the younger ones so just keep going in a routine uh, i have certain students out will repeat the the affirmations uh, like They'll, they'll start scripting it and it, it's really cute even before I, I present it um, or, or put the slide for it and yeah in, in a world of um, that we have now with uh, social distancing and uh, you know stay at home orders in certain states you know, it, it can be tough with trying to work on these social skills and you know, make us feel kind of lonely and with these affirmations uh, you can engage in like this positive self-talk and you know talking to yourself actually does make you feel less lonely um, <laughs> you know, self-reflection is it, totally healthy you know I, I do it you know even when we were in our, our teaching preparation programs we did a lot of self-reflecting what can I do better as a teacher uh, you know everyone I highly encourage everyone to do it uh, no matter how many years you've been teaching and by teaching our students that you know it's okay to feel down sometimes you know we can cheer ourselves up with these affirmations you know to kind of again teach that uh, independence and uh, that self-advocacy because we won't always have someone there to cheer us up or to, to hype us up or to give us help us out with those affirmations so if we can teach students how to do it on their own um, then you know that's that's a big win for me how do you emphasize the importance of affirmations in your classroom well, I, I just try to walk how I talk, you know, so it's great to say how important affirmations are and to say how helpful they can be for us. But it's another thing to walk the walk and show your students what that looks like. So, um, you know, our kids, our students, they're always watching us. We kind of talked about that earlier, whether we know it or not, they are there. So <laughs> I just try to make a point, you know, of practicing what I preach and following my own advice 
piece. So if I make a mistake while teaching or if I forget to include something during a lesson, I acknowledge it in front of my class. I show them, you know, how I can pick myself back up, show them how to move on positively. Um, you know, I don't get down on myself and tear myself apart because, you know, what good would that do? Um, of course, I still feel a little embarrassed, <laughs> even in front of 17, six-year-olds, but I'm human and they're human and we all need to have... I think a little bit more grace and compassion for ourselves. And, you know, especially in a, a time and a year like this, I think even more so. Um, so I think just showing them that you can um, be there for yourself and you can build yourself up and you can be strong and brave for yourself. I think by showing them that, you know, from my point of view, personally, I think that helps them understand, okay, I can do this too. So I just try to, you know, do what I tell them to do. I try to show them through myself. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I still get, I still get embarrassed when, uh, when I make a, a silly mistake, I, I get, it's funny because I don't mind being, you know, silly in front of the students, but the, the moment an adult comes in and uh, I, I feel embarrassed. <laughs> like think that you hear the door open while you're doing something funny and you're, yeah, I'm the same way. I don't know what it is, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then with this distance learning, it's, uh, you know, I realize I have adults watching me and uh, all right. my quirky, like just really, uh, I mean, I think I'm funny. The kids think I'm funny, but. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe know, an outside never, party won't find it funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure about that either, but as long as our kids think we're funny, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so with that being said, is there any advice that you would uh, give to new teachers or those just even thinking about entering the educational field? This is always the hardest question because <laughs> there are so many different things I could say, you know, in different categories I could even break the advice down into, but I did come up with a few, you know, they're just a random little short list of things I've realized and learned this year that may be helpful for other new teachers or other people thinking about this field. So I have five and so here they go. Number one, upload everything to a Google drive or to the cloud or something digital, because this will just make your life so much easier if you have your things in more than one place, especially with distant learning. It's just nice to be able to get your stuff from more than one device. So that's the first one. Um, and I know this one's really random. It's part of the first one, but you should probably invest in your own little laminator. They got, they have them on Amazon or Walmart for like 20 bucks, but it's life changing. I know it's random, but you'll love it. Okay. Second, number two, befriend the secretary and the janitor. Okay. I'm telling you these two people will be your best friends, whether they like it or not, whether they know it or not, you will go to them the random questions that you have and so just become friends with them right away it'll be easier and better so <laughs> number three i said have fun with technology so it's so present in our world right now and our kids are basically born into it now nowadays anyway so if you incorporate it into your teaching it'll be more fun for you and your students and it's just fun. You know, it's cool to look at something that is kind of looked at as a game or, um, 
you know, as a reward. So don't be afraid to try technology. Number four is own it. Okay. So if you make a mistake, just own it. If you wore statement pants and your six-year-old student <laughs> tell you that they look weird, just own it. <laughs> okay. If you spill your coffee in the middle of teaching a lesson, been there. Pretend like you wanted that to happen and just own it. Okay. Life happens. You've just got to own it. Pretend like it was supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then number five, love what you do and let it show. So I think it's so obvious, you know, when you walk into a store or a restaurant or something and the person that is working there doesn't want to be there, you know, you can tell right away based on how they act or how they speak to you and our children and students, they're the same way. So I think that they can sound, if not better than adults, um, when something is off or when their teacher's having a bad day. And as teachers, we can't let them see that, you know, no matter how much we want to or how strongly we're feeling about something thing. We can't let that show. What should be showing is how much love we have for teaching, you know, how much energy and effort went into planning the activity you're working on and how much you love your students. That is what you need to show. You know, if a stranger were to walk into your classroom at any given moment, that stranger should be able to tell that you love what you're doing and you love the people you're with. So I just, I always think that life is so much more fun if you love your job (laughs) and you're really blessed if you love your job so much that you're, you're not even looking at it as a quote unquote job. So I don't know. Those are just those random little things (laughs) that I've thought of um, that, you know, someone in my shoes, a new teacher, maybe trying to navigate their first year of teaching, maybe during a global pandemic, who knows? Um, But teaching is hard and that's a fact, but teachers are strong and that's an even greater fact. That's great. I really like the ones about the befriending a secretary and uh, janitor. They've uh, saved my life on multiple occasions. Uh, you know, arriving early and losing my keys, or you know, helping me get stuff, um, material from the from the closet, and the secretary really helping you know, find information that I need on a student. Or yeah, just over the communication aspect too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're my eyes and ears. They know everything. So. <laughs> Maybe a little too much. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah, and, and the laminators are great too because yeah, it's it's one thing using all the resources over there or laminator over there, but uh, it's just like these these portable laminators are great. Uh, yeah. you know, so take them home, back and forth. Yeah, best twenty dollars I've ever spent. said this has been another episode of teachers care society i want to say thank you to today's guest shannon and most importantly you the listeners see you next time